This episode of the Golf.com podcast is brought to you by the USGA. The Masters is in the rearview mirror, the Players is next week, and the next major championship is the U.S. Open at Aaron Hills. For more information on the event, visit usopen.com. Hello, this is Alan Shipnuck back for another podcast on the Knockdown. I do appreciate you listening. Thanks for tuning in again. I'm assuming this is not the first podcast you guys have listened to. I hope not. Anyway, our guest this time around is Danielle Kang, one of my favorite players on the LPGA Tour. A Southern California girl, went to Pepperdine twice, a U.S. women's amateur champion. One of the most consistent players in golf in, in 2016, Danielle, made 23 out of 27 cuts, just finished a few dollars outside the top 30. Agonizing. But a, another fine campaign. So Danielle, thanks for doing this. No worries. Thank you. So everyone I've talked to on tour says, oh yeah, Danielle, she has such a glamorous life. What? <laughs> what are they referring to? I'm not really sure. What are they referring to? I don't know. You have like famous friends and you do cool things. Maybe it's because I live in Las Vegas. I used to live near Sherwood. Maybe all that. Yeah. Well, you grew up with the Gretzky crew, right? Mm-hmm. How, yeah. How was that? Through golf or? Through golf. Yeah. Well, we went to rivalry schools and my brother was really good friends with Ty and yeah, their second yeah. child and we got to know Trevor and then I played golf with Janet and Wayne. It's just, you know continuous on relationships so yeah and have you been in Dustin's orbit a little bit yeah I played with Dustin a few times at Sherwood and then I just got to see the rescues out at the Wayne's Fantasy Camp in Vegas and I always miss it every year but I got to see it at least for a day and hang out with them so that's good that's like middle-aged guys trying to play hockey that kind of yeah our friends play in it um I never I never saw it but I don't get to see, you know, Ty or Trevor, our friends, often just because we moved to Las Vegas. So Yeah. Yeah. But I didn't get to see Dustin. Dustin wasn't there. Oh, that's too bad. So what is it like, you know, pro to pro, playing playing with Dustin in a casual game? Oh, it's incredible. When you see him play, though, you could definitely think, wow, these guys are really good. <laughs> <laughs> like, this guy is so good. It's different sound when he hits the shots. Yeah. It's incredible. I mean, even compared to the run of the mill tour pro, it's a different sound. So. Yeah, I don't know. I, I mean, I don't. I haven't played with that many PGA Tour players, honestly. Yeah. Um, Dustin was one of the first ones I've ever played with. Um, I mean, I've seen, you know, back in the day, Anthony Kim at golf shots, and that's about it. You kind of came up with Anthony. No, he. We used to go to the same coach when we when I first started. Yeah. So I knew of Anthony Kim at that time, but right. I didn't get to play with him. So. He's one of the all-time great mysteries. When was the last time you saw him? I think I saw him at the airport. But I, I, he doesn't know who I like. I was, but <laughs> I definitely was walking by and I like double tugged. I go, oh my god, that's Anthony Kim. And I just walked by. You should take a picture. That, that would have been. That's like seeing Bigfoot. He looks really different. So I didn't know if it was him or not. Long hair, right? Yeah, long hair. Like longer than tattoos, yours. Tattoos. Like I go, damn, who is that guy? And I turn and I go, I think that's Anthony Kim. <laughs> when was this? This was a few months ago. In Vegas? Yeah, I don't know if he was there. I'm sure it was him, but who knows? It has the ring of truth. He's, he likes I to... mean, you can't miss him, you know? <laughs> you just can't miss that him. That would have been such a scoop. No, Why? Well, it's like spotting Bigfoot? Yeah. I, I don't know. <laughs> it's pretty cool, though. I was like, oh, I think that's Anthony Kim. I just walked by. I was staring at him. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. I'm so jealous. So if you live in Vegas, are, 
are you like one of those people who never goes to the strip except for when you have friends in town or do you actually go out and, and have a good time? A little bit of both, I would guess. I mean, people, Las Vegas is a tourist attraction, so people fly in to go clubbing or have the time of their life. But I live 15 minutes from it. So if you're like hanging out on a Friday afternoon and you go, oh, let's go eat at, you know, really nice restaurant, you can just go to the strip or let me go watch a Michael Jackson show and you just go to the strip. So, I mean, it's right there. But when my friends do come, they do expect a Vegas life but I also um, kind of figured out the non partying life in Vegas so which is really good there's like amazing hiking places um, I mean all this drives around like Red Rocks all that stuff so it's pretty cool and where do you play your golf out there TPC Summerlin so oh I met PJ Tour players out there sure yeah I've been play I played with Scott Piercy I mean you don't think they're really hitting the ball but the ball just keeps going <laughs> I don't understand that <laughs> Piercy's a shark. I would not get into any betting games with Scott Piercy. Piercy? Uh, yeah, he's, he helps me out a lot with like little parts of my game. I bug him a lot. So he helped, he helped me out a lot in my putting last year. Um, this year during the offseason, he was trying to help me gain speed. So, I mean, they're always there to help. So. And you trust, you trust him more than a trainer or a putting coach? I... I wouldn't say I trust somebody more. However, I would also, I would love to understand how they do things. So I could either pick and choose what I want to listen to or not. But um, I do have respect for players that have success in their career. And I want to see if it works. And if they want to give me advice, I mean, I'll take it as I, gotta, I have to listen. Because he knows what he's doing. So <laughs> I'm like, can you watch my chipping? He goes, oh, here we go. And then he comes up. <laughs> Plus, he works for free, right? Yeah, he always says that. He goes, so what's my cut? Like, is that 10%? I go, no. <laughs> Are there other LPGA players out in Vegas that you have a game with? I don't really have a game with, but there are no LPGA players except MB. Yeah. MB practices there. And, no, she just she just practices. Yeah. And then she comes out and wins. <laughs> She's amazing. She's incredible, man. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I watched her a lot at the Olympics. She's uh, incredible. When, yeah. that, when that putter gets hot. It, it's, it's unstoppable. What does it feel like if you're playing with her? Oh, man. No, I did ask her, though. Um, I said, you know, her husband's really good at looking at swings. He's very talented. And I'm like, hey, can you kind of like, kind of like look at it? And then he would, you know, he would help me or look at a swing. And I would say, you know what? Actually, like, I just want an advice on putting. How do you putt so well? And I have no, you know, shame in asking anybody for their opinions because everyone has their own ways of doing things. And yeah. MB just said, um, you just pick, pick the best looking guy there. Pick, pick the best looking putter and he'll go in. <laughs> I go, what? That's, your, what? That's your secret advice? And she said, yeah, just pick the best looking guy to you and that is it. And I go, okay, whatever you say. <laughs> I mean, that's words to live by. That, that transcends golf. I mean, it's just in life, right? I guess. <laughs> yeah, it was pretty cool. And then she came out in Singapore and won. I go, best looking putter. You just got to pick the best looking putter. <laughs> Maybe that's how I should be. Just whatever is the best. It looking. is a very personal relationship with your putter. It is. It is a personal relationship. You don't like him very much or you don't like it. Whatever you like. Mine's a is it, is it male? Mine's a dude just because I don't think I could yell at, you know like a girl that bad onto a putter. But you have a lot of practice yelling at guys? 
No, I mean, they, I feel like they're they could take it. he could take it, you know. Like <laughs> I don't want him to get upset and then like not make more putts, you know. Because <laughs> on the PJ tour, all the putters are feminine. It's always talking about she's getting hot, you know. Oh, really? Yeah, they all talk well, about. I think his... that's how it always is though. Guys' cars are all girls. Girls' cars are all boys, yeah. mostly. Yeah. I think that's how it goes, right? It's interesting. What about your driver, male or female? I don't know. I never really named or thought about it. Doesn't have any personality at all. It's just there. It's just there. It's just hit the fairway, man. <laughs> fairway's so big. It's just not, hit the fairway. It's not asking that much. Um, you know, driver is never an issue. That that putter, like I just want. I'm like, can you just be nice to me? <laughs> so you're sweet talking it. No, I yell. I don't know. It's just it's a really. I told you it's a personal relationship. You can yell at it, and you you're nice to it. You're like, okay, and then you go into like the begging stage. Like, please just work, and then you make one. You're like so happy, and then you miss one. You're like, okay, here we go again. Like. It's the same thing. Where does your caddy fit into this? Is he part My of My caddy, he just laughs. He slaps. He just laughs at me. He goes, just, just be nice. And I'm like, I am being nice to the putter. And then if I'm being nice and the putter doesn't work, then he starts yelling at it. <laughs> Come on, buddy. Like, <laughs> so it's fun. You got to make it fun. Is it fun? I mean, when I, when I play around a golf and I putt poorly, I often think, Thank goodness that it's not affecting my livelihood. I'm just doing this for fun. But the, the agony of putting when it's your whole life, it I, I don't think I could take it. Last week was agony for me. Just because you, I mean, if you miss and make here and there, that's a, that's a game of golf, right? But if you see it consistently miss, I didn't play so well last, like well, I didn't putt very well last week. And you see like two putts every hole and you see like 20 unders going on. You go, oh man, I just, now you're nagging. You go, what is happening? Like just drop. Not just one, we need like six to drop. <laughs> so that's kind of, yeah, it was, it was frustrating, but it's a, it's part of golf. Sometimes a green matches you, sometimes it doesn't. Yeah. Can't do anything about it. Really? Not really. The best you could do is put a best roll on it, pick the best speed and hope that it goes in. See, that, that's an interesting philosophy that it's, is kind of fatalistic. Like, the, I, don't, I can't control if the ball's going to go in or not. I'm just going to do what I can do. But you are controlling the ball. Yeah. I'm trying very hard lately to tell myself that, you know, it is – I got to I gotta kind of, like, let go of the control in putting because I can't control it to go in. I could do my best, but that doesn't mean it'll go in. And I'm trying to actually accept that logic – so that's what I'm working on with putting. Like, How's it going? You know, I don't know. <laughs> you just got to keep at it. You got to keep telling yourself, you know, that was a good roll. That was a good speed. And then you go, damn, I should have made that putt. <laughs> but there's nothing you could do. What about the rest of your game? Can you let go when, when in your ball striking? I've always had faith in my ball striking. So I never really had an anxiety or um, a doubt over a shot. Um, you work on your swing, you did your practice, and you control the ball to get on the green. But green is very, someone once told me green is very gray. Hitting a fairway, hitting the green is very gray. However, making or making, not making putts is very black and white. So I think there's more room to miss in ball striking yeah. than there is more room to miss in putting. Yeah. And, you know, control freaks like me don't like to see things not happening. So <laughs> then, you know, but we just have to accept what it is. What are the other ways that your, your type A personality are expressed in your golf game or, or how you have Is that to... type A? 
I'm blood can... type B. I got a phone call today to come in. <laughs> somebody needs my blood right now. We have, we have a perfect match, I guess. And I felt so bad. I was like, I can't donate today. Were you like a regular donor? Well, I try to be. And yeah. I think there was a like a really good plasma match between me and them. So I got a phone call during lunch and I can't donate today because if I donate blood, I'm out for at least a day. Yeah. Like just, so it's very exhausting to do it. Just, you know. I didn't know that they matched you up that specifically like that. Yeah, they call you if they're very low and then I'm like, I'm so sorry, I can't do it. I, by calling my brother because he has the same blood type as <laughs> I'm like, Alex, like... But he's at LouisianaWeb.com, yeah. so he can't go donate. I go, oh man, I'm like, can you wait? Like, is type B rare? I don't know my blood. No, it's not. But I think it's just the perfect plasma match. I'm not really sure. You just they have don't really special plasma. They try not to tell you the specifics, but that's intense. Can you get like a photo of who you're donating to? No, 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 no. I'm no. just kidding. Um, so your brother is is chasing it on the web. Yeah, he's playing so good. I've been noticing. I mean, that's. It's been very good, increasing. Yeah, and to have two two pros on two different tours, your parents or your mom must be like, yeah, it must be intense for her. Yeah, we. I mean, my brother now is not in China, so it's easier for her to go visit him. Yeah. But we haven't actually had tournaments in nearby yet. Yeah. So for now, she knows how to get around LPGA. I mean, she doesn't really come watch that much of my events either. So yeah, I think she's gonna try to juggle between my brother and me. So. Have you been able to go to any of his events? I really want to. No, I have not. Um, I'm not sure yet. I'm trying to make him come to my event. Maybe <laughs> ANA. I asked him to come to Singapore. He said no. Yeah. It's not around the corner. No, I know. He doesn't. I mean, he's, his traveling's fine. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't think it's a big deal traveling. See, I, well, I travel for a living also. So if I have downtime, I don't want to get on an airplane. Like, I just want to hang out at home. He doesn't. My brother doesn't care. If you say, hey, fly out to LA, he'll just jump on a plane. Even if he travels every yeah. week. And I go, okay, like, you want to come to Singapore? He's like, <laughs> no, that's a little too far. I got to practice. So I said, okay. So what is the vibe like when, when you guys play together? Is it competitive or is it fun? Uh, I'm really cranky. <laughs> just because he's so good and I, like, want to beat him all the time. Yeah. But then, I mean, it just, they hit it so much better. And his, I mean, he stole my putter. So I... I I'm like upset that he stole my putter, but we had, so then I got another exact same putter from Scotty Cameron. But then I said, it's not the same. So I want that specific putter because he's putting good with it. So if your, if your brother steals your putter, does it undergo a sex change and it goes from male to female for him? Oh, the putter? The putter. I don't know. I don't think I ever named that one. That one I didn't name. Mine right now is a dude because I yelled at him last week. But no, yes. Yeah, so I was like, it's because of that putter you're putting well, but no, he's a really great putter. What is the age difference? Two. Yeah. Yeah, so I, every time I putt bad, I just go to him. I go, can you put some good putting vibes? <laughs> he just like holds it. He goes, yeah, it's got good vibes. So do you remember the first time you beat him? First time? No. Yeah. But I do remember if I do beat him, it goes on for about three weeks. Like I talk <laughs> about it for about three weeks. Yeah, I, I get the sense you don't want to lose to, to you, Danielle. I might, no. might be a little For like a chirpy. week. So I can lose about five times in a row. But if I win one, like I won't let it down for about three weeks. <laughs> <laughs> you, is there any action at all or it's just it's just bragging rights no i mean it's like dinner or it's most <clears throat> between siblings it's most likely bragging rights yeah yeah between me and alex it is or if he doesn't want to go get ice cream then if i beat him he'll come get ice cream with me who doesn't want to get ice cream i don't know i don't know he's trying to get fit he's really fit right now so <laughs> that's no way to live 
I don't, they balance. Galleys have a better metabolism. And now, a word from the USGA. You may know the USGA for their 14 annual championships, which are widely regarded as the ultimate test in golf. But there's more to the USGA than just the golf competition. In fact, the USGA scientists are currently focusing on what they call health of the game solutions. They're focusing on helping golf facilities reduce their reliance upon water. The USGA innovation team has launched a resource management app that helps courses and their superintendents better allocate their resources and ensure a better experience for all golfers. That better experience is exactly what the USGA wants golf to be both now and in the future. That's why, in conjunction with the RNA over in Scotland, they are also modernizing the game's rules. With that in mind, they want your help. Visit usga.org to check out the list of proposed rules changes that are expected to go into effect on January 1, 2019. It's online that you can share your feedback with golf's governing bodies and help them in their grassroots growing of the game. And now, back to Alan Shipnuck and Daniel Kang. So, when you think about your career where you are right now, are, are you satisfied? Are you, are you hungry? Very hungry. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, everyone always wants to win. That is the goal. And... I did go to Kingdom yesterday, Taylor May Kingdom, and um, I don't know. If, do you know Tim Hewitt? I do. Yeah, he's the, I call him the Godfather of the yeah, Kingdom. Yeah, he's great. I walked. In, I've known Tim like for such a long time. I walked in, he's looked at me. So you know, he's so quiet with that facial expression, and that utter just expression that I feel. And then he looked at me. He goes, "Kang." I said, "Yeah." And he goes, "How many wins do you have on tour?" And I said, "None." And he goes, "Just wanted to clarify that." And then he walked away. <laughs> And I just said, oh, man. And he just goes, he goes, you need to change that. And I said, I'm trying, man. I'm trying. He's like, and then, you know. But that's just kind of what it is, how my career is right now. Like, I, what I could do is just work what I've been working on. Um, game has been getting better gradually. So it's a long career. And what I, I mean, I have different goals this year. And, I mean, one of the, one of the goals is to make the Solheims for this year and play for Julie and, that's what you could do. Just got to play the best you can. I'm looking at that two on your finger. What does it say? This says just be and this says dad. Yeah. Just be. Yeah. That's, I a, that's a good state of mind for golf. Just be. Um, yeah, that's like life for me just because my parents always told me just be whatever you want to be, how you want to be, and do whatever you want to do and just be yourself. And I just live my life that way. So I tattooed it. Because, you know, I wanted it to. And then, <laughs> I like it. I like it a lot. I think that's just... How is that I your was. handwriting? I told... Yeah, I wrote I wrote that. This is my dad's handwriting. And, yeah. So, it's just like my life motto. Just kind of... My parents have always just said just to be whatever you want to be. How you want to be. <laughs> it seems like there's a little tension. You're kind of a free spirit, but then... I am a free spirit. Um, it's not a free spirit in... Uh, it's a little I, I don't know very oxymoron I guess one I'm opposite of the spectrums yeah it I drives like you crazy you're versatile yeah but then it also drives yourself crazy <laughs> <laughs> you don't know whether to be relaxed or, or whether to grind exactly like I love it's a very black and white very two favorite colors black and white like there's no medium no nothing <laughs> <laughs> um yeah I mean today I was trying to relax and I've been here since Sunday, I played 18 all Sunday, played um, more than nine yesterday. 
I gotta play another night tomorrow. And then so my mom's like, let's go get our nails done. And I'm like, on a Tuesday? Really? <laughs> She's like, it's okay. So like I said, you were trying to relax. Relaxation should not entail any effort. It should just happen. You have to plan it. See, that's the, that's the crazy. You have to plan the relaxed time. <laughs> that is an oxymoron. Yeah. It is. It's because you don't have that much time in a day. You got to practice. got to putt. You have to visit the Adidas. We're in Carl's best. I got to go to Adidas. I have to do the photos. And then, okay, like we have about two hours to relax. <laughs> I'm stressed out just thinking about cramming in that relaxation time. Maybe I should just not care as much. Who knows? That might work for you. Maybe. That's just how I am, though, so planning. So just be, did you always just want to be a golfer, or did, were there other things that, that uh, you were interested in coming up? Um, I actually, I mean, no, I did not want to be a, just a golfer. I, I actually didn't change my mind to be a golfer until later in my career, I guess. I quoted that because, I mean, I started golf almost when I was 13, and I turned pro when I was 18, so... Like, last year I thought about it. Someone asked me, how long have you played golf? And I said, about a decade. And I've been a pro for half of my golf career. That's, that's amazing. That was So I turned pro after five years. And then I, I, I decided to be a pro after, you know, the whole, like, my game just accelerated so quickly mm-hmm. when I was about 17, 16, 17. Yeah. That 16, 17, 18, I was like, oh, like, they're like, oh, just turn pro. Like, well, what is this training pro? Like, you just go play on the LPGA? Like, so, I mean, that's the route I took. However, I did not start golf to take that as a route. Mm-hmm. So. What did you do for sports before you were for golf? I did Taekwondo since yeah. I was two. So I could walk. Um, I trained for the Olympics for that, and I loved it. I still love it. And I stopped because we moved, and my coach was far away and all that stuff. And I picked up golf. You got to harness that and put in something else. And I wanted to be an actress when I was younger. That went by because my parents said you'd have to choose one or the other because it's like a very long day, but you can't practice. Because I loved golf when I started it. Absolutely loved it. So they said, if you want to play golf, like you can't do all this and then do that. So I chose golf that time. Taekwondo is pretty badass. Taekwondo, yeah. How did that um, translate into helping you as just the physicality of a golfer? Honestly, recently I started to realize that I lost a lot of the physicality that I had when I was younger. I was very strong when I was young. Um, I was able to do one-hand push-ups, pull-ups. Like I, could, I was able to run. However, I think that transcended into when I was 14, 15, 16, all that years. That when I was, the, all the years of training that I did still gave me balance, like gave me energy. Like I was fit. Like I had that muscle, but obviously I had baby fat, but you know, you have that muscle behind you. However, when you're, I mean, obviously I definitely haven't trained like that since what, over 10 years since I quit, yeah. but not just a gym workout. Like that was like bunny hopping up the steps. Like <laughs> This was crazy training. And I think that that helps a lot in the long run, especially golf when you have to play for so many hours a day. Yeah. And I was talking to my brother today saying like, he told me like, you need to get stronger. You lost weight, you need to get stronger. You can't just, you know, be light and try to look better. You have to be fit in order to be able to back up your career. Right. So I think I've realized that. And Tim also told me I lost some speed. So got to work back to work on that. 
So you want to look cute when you went out on the strip, but it's affecting your golf game? No, I didn't actually mean to lose weight. I lost weight because I got really sick and uh, it's been over, I think it's been over a year. Yeah, I got I food poisoning in Mexico and I was hospitalized. I lost over 16 pounds Wow. in less than two weeks. So I didn't eat anything. Um, it was so bad that I lost so much weight that I couldn't swing by the time I got back for CME, but I played. And then I just haven't been able to gain that specific weight back. So, but then you don't want to just eat and then gain it back. You got to like work and gain it back. So. Right. God, it's that whole balance, you know, golf balance, life balance and fitness balance. And, but then you don't want to tie yourself out balance. <laughs> See, I have to plan. <laughs> so my new plan is to work out the fitness plan, better fitness. So I do a lot of body work, but I might have to just crank it up a little bit. Yeah. So, I mean, you had a, you had a fabulous amateur career. I didn't realize that you were so new to the game when you were winning U.S. amateurs. That, that's pretty impressive. I played, I mean, I, at that point I played for five, yeah, five, five years. I wouldn't call that new. I mean, that's, that's a long time. Five years. Most people I know after five years are still struggling to break 90. But they didn't do it all day, <laughs> you know? And um, no, yes, I think it's it helped a lot the fact that I've always been in competitions all my life. And my brother signed me up for events as soon as I started. So I was shooting 105 and got third in events. <laughs> so <laughs> I think that helped, actually, because I played. I put the U.S. Open after a year and a half of starting. I didn't know it was a U.S. Open. This is when you're 14 and you qualified. I was 14, I qualified. Yeah. I didn't know it was the US Open, but they told me it was a major and I went there. All I knew back then, I only played for less than a couple of years. So So you show up at the US Women's Open and you think it's the like... The only thing I knew was Annika Sorenstam and Michelle <laughs> That is the only two things I knew about golf because I wasn't very intrigued with golf back then. Yeah. So mind me, like I, I actually didn't know about the LPG Tour. I didn't know. I wasn't that into golf. I liked playing it. However, if, it, if I didn't play it to be a professional or, you know, part of the game, I didn't really learn about it. So my brother obviously knew mm-hmm. everything. So he's the one that's signing me up for events. And I went there and I was like, oh, I see Annika. <laughs> and then when they told me that like, you made the major championship, how do you feel? And I go, what? <laughs> I don't know. What are you talking about? They're like, you qualified. I go, oh, like, they're like, didn't you sign up? I go, my brother signed me up. I don't know what this is. I just came and played. It was a it was an interesting dynamic there. That is hilarious. Yeah, that was pretty cool. So you, you went through qualifying without even knowing what you were trying to do. No, I didn't. They just told me to go play. Uh, I remember. Just go shoot sixty nine and don't worry about just, it. Just go play here, and then you got to go play. And then I qualified. Then he, the back then there was local qualifying and right. sectionals, and then yeah. he said, "You, I, whatever it was." I said, "Alex, I qualified." Then he said, "Okay, you have to go to Lake Merced. It's a thirty six holes." And I was like, "Okay." Like, I went up there. Do you ever wish you could just recapture that that innocence and that? I think that's what brought a lot of fearlessness in there. Yeah. You know, like not thinking too much about it. Exactly. I think that's the part of the beauty of the game. As you grow older, the more you think. And then as, I don't know how to explain it. You, the more you don't achieve what you thought you would be achieving, the more pressure you put on yourself. And then the more it just starts tipping. It's, it's golf. Golf is just, just balancing on like... It's so mental. It's like balancing on like a razor blade. <laughs> it is balancing on that little thing. And you're like, ah, you can't do too much of this. You can't do too much of that. It's just shaky. <laughs> but people will find that perfect balance and satisfaction. So 
you got to get comfort, I guess. Yeah. I mean, you mentioned the tattoo, and of course, a, a lot of golf fans know the broad strokes of uh, your, your dad's illness, and that, this, that happened at the outset of your, your pro career. That's quite a, um, an upset to your life, your career, everything. Yeah, it, it took me back a lot, a couple steps, actually. It, I, I mean, obviously, you work really hard to move forward, and then that put, it didn't just put a stop, it just took me back. So it was really tough. It still is tough now. But however, I'm better in more calibrating golf-wise on the golf course, mentally better than I was since what happened in 2013. I mean, I was so mentally out of it. Like, I'm just mindlessly playing golf because it's there. And people used to ask, like, oh, why did you play if your dad was sick? People did ask me that a lot for some reason. Like, yeah. wouldn't you want to be with him? Yeah. You know? And I said, I wasn't playing for me. I was playing so he could watch my scores. Like, right. No, I mean, I I mean, I can't say no dad because I'm not a dad. However, yeah. I know that he does not want my career to stop or my success or how whatever it could have been because of him. Right. And I know how he just loves watching me play golf. So yeah. you just got to suck it up and do it, you know? Right. It's not, people are like, oh, you should be with him. Like, that's being, for me, I couldn't, I wasn't in a position to do that. Yeah. So no matter how much I wanted to do whatever the other, I still had to balance trying to play for him and put the time in to play good also. You can't just go and play good, you know? Right. It was kind of crazy. And, I mean, he was such a, um, pedestal for my golf game but when he wasn't around it kind of just threw everything off yeah but it's getting better though getting better so more ground <laughs> yeah yeah I had, it, it, people have a lot of superstitions you know carrying stuff in their bag and I've never teed off a golf round without texting my dad until so then for a year I'm standing there with my phone on the tee box going oh. Like, just putting it down. So I sent a couple of texts out, but I don't know who's receiving it. <laughs> That's a yeah. metaphysical question. Yeah, I don't know, but who knows? Yeah. But you have to come, you have to basically figure out a way to be, uh, how do you explain that? It's like more comfort with yourself instead of um, trying to figure out a way not to think about it. You just mm -hmm. have to find a way to be okay with how it is right now. Yeah. Yeah. So people always say like, oh, time heals all wounds. It doesn't. It just, you could deal with it better. Right. So you learn to deal with it. So that's, that's where I'm at. That was a tough few years, but yeah, time goes by fast. Well, it's also, I think a lot of athletes, male or female, they, when they're growing up, they, they're sort of playing for their parents in a lot of ways. And that, that daughter father bond is really strong. So you kind of have to learn to play for yourself, right? Yeah. That is true. I mean, yeah, a lot of parents are involved in golf games. My mom was never really quite involved. Um, my dad was, like, he wasn't involved, but he was just there, you know, like. Yeah. <laughs> he was just there always, like, carrying my bag. And that's what I liked. Like, he was, he didn't say anything usually. It was kind of, <laughs> it was just kind of funny. He was just standing there with the bag, and he hasn't said a word in, like, four holes. And I looked at him, and I go, Dad. And he, like, looks at me, and I go, seven or eight iron. And he's like, hit a seven. <laughs> go, that's it that's all he says not yeah. why how far is it and then i had a seven and it's long and then he just goes my bad that's it <laughs> that was just the beauty of the game for us like it was yeah. that simple that easy yeah nothing crazy like oh we should have looked at this better did we not calculate the uphill like 
no, it was just my bad. Like, well, that, I mean, that sounds healthy. I mean, it you, was healthy. You see out here more than anybody how there's so many oppressive fathers on the range, between the ropes, everything. I mean, it's like suffocating. But that's but players suffocate themselves as well. Mm-hmm. I feel like because I'm becoming that. I'm suffocating myself by thinking, okay, the wind, the uphill. Um, we're not supposed to miss it here. This is too short-sighted. What's the grain like? It's like, okay, stop. Just hit the 8-iron. <laughs> just a, it's just an 8-iron. It just hit the damn 8-iron. <laughs> but yeah, my caddy, um, he's actually helping me a lot doing that on my bag. Um, he likes to keep things simple. And I'll, I'm very complicated yet simple, once again, the oxymoron. <laughs> so he's in a very difficult position because he doesn't know how much he wants. I want need to know or how less than whatever. So he tries to just tell me, just hit it. Yeah. Just, it's fine. If it doesn't work out, it's fine. <laughs> I'm like, you know, he's right. It'll be, it'll be fine. <laughs> I mean, does going back to Dustin, I remember asking him about, you know, when, he, when he's got a tough shot, how we, how he weighs the risks and the rewards. And he looked at me like I was crazy. He said, only two things can happen. I hit a good shot or I hit a bad shot. So what the, you know, F-U-C-K. He's like, what's the big deal? You just swing it. I mean, there's a, there's a genius to that, right? There, there is a beauty and genius behind that. However, <laughs> that's the thing. Like my mom always says, you know, she always says that it's okay. Everything's okay. You know, I missed the cut and she thought it was the funniest thing ever. Last week, she she really thought it was so funny. She goes, see, we now we get to go to San Diego early. And I go, I just looked at her driving, so upset. And she just goes, who cares? See, now we'll go get really good sushi. And she's like thinking about what to do, like the spas. And I go, okay, whatever, mom. But yeah, the worst. what's the worst thing that could happen? I want to hang out with your mom. She sounds like fun. Yeah, she's pretty. She, I think she went to the spa. <laughs> I actually think she's at the spa right now. Yeah. I know you're really close friends with Michelle Wee, right? Mm-hmm. And what is what is your take on her relationship with her parents? Because that's always been a talking point in golf. But you've I seen love it. her parents. She's, yeah. They're so funny. <laughs> I took my dog over to her room yesterday. And my dog is not very nice to other dogs lately. But he gets along with Lola really yeah. well. So um, they all play. And he loves Michelle's parents. So if I say, let's go, he would just like hide under Michelle's dad. BK's chair and I'm like seriously I gotta go grab him (laughs) but no they're very they're very um uh what do you call they're very how do what is that word I just forgot inclusive no very taking care of people oh yeah they they I was responding to your hand gestures which of course the viewers the listeners cannot see welcoming yeah they're very Mm family-like you know and um everything's always okay with them too and Everything's just, I don't know. I've, I've spent a lot of time with her enough and with them enough to see that it's always just really calm and everything's cool and everything's chill and it's all good. Like, whatever you want, whatever you want to do. And, I mean, it's not not everything is what you see kind of feel. And That's interesting, yeah. Yeah, no. They do yell at us saying that we're really loud if we're together at the house. I, I totally believe that. Yeah. The parents like, okay, seriously? Shh. And then... I w- and then we went to my house, and my mom goes, both of you get out. <laughs> it's, it's too loud. <laughs> so we're like, our parents are saying we're both too loud. I don't think it's us. I think it's them. <laughs> so what is what is your, your feeling on where Michelle's going to go with her golf game? I mean, I feel that, you know, she works really hard. And she puts so much time in her game. And uh, for the last few weeks that I watched, I mean, it looks like she's getting her groove back. I'm so happy for her, and she's constantly 
you know, putting yourself in a position. That's all you could ask. Honestly, keep knocking on the damn door and then hope that it opens. So, yeah, I think she'll be really good. And It seems like she kind of have a, has a love-hate relationship with golf. I think everybody has a love-hate relationship with golf. <laughs> Who doesn't have a love-hate relationship with this game? <laughs> so you guys can relate to the struggle. Everybody has a love-hate relationship with this game. And I just stand there and I'm like, why did I pick this sport? Why? Like, why? Any, it could have been anything, but this one specifically. It just eats you alive. It does. So do you ever think about doing something else? No. I, I love playing golf. Like, I genuinely love playing it. I mean, you obviously want more success. You want to win more. And you're more disappointed often not than be satisfied. However, I think that's what makes us golfers crazy. But that's the beauty of the game. I think that's what draws us in. That we want more and you want to do more and you want to do better. And that's what golf is. You're never satisfied, right? Like you win one and then you have up. Oh, like a week later, there's another tournament. <laughs> Monday, practice round, like, I don't know. It's always like that. So how could you be satisfied? What would it take? I think satisfaction with career itself. Sure. I got to see the end of it. That's, that's all I can say. I got to see the end of it. I got to do my best and my part to keep putting in the time, keep putting in the practice, taking care of the body to go, to be able to see the end of this career. A lot of people, unfortunately, have to stop because of their un like inability, their body's incapable. I mean, we have a lot of injuries, like especially girls, like our you know body's not as strong mm -hmm. as men. Like, I mean, I'm not trying to say that in a you know sexist way. However, we're not. I mean, we hit into the ground all day, and then our body's not meant for that. So, some people unfortunately have to stop. However, I I really want to see the end of the career. So. I don't know what that would be. And the satisfaction is I think you just kind of have to do the best you can. You're going to have to look back and tell yourself, like, did, it, did I do the best I could last week? I did. You move on. And on to the next week. <laughs> it's a momentary. But if your goal is just to do the best you can, you don't have to see the results. It doesn't matter what you accomplish, right? If, if, you're, if your only goal is to do the best you can do. I'm, that is true. That is very true. You, that's, that's what I'm saying. It's very, it's the beauty of golf. You, you, the best, I mean, all you could do is the best you can do. Especially golf, when you have a losing percentage of more than 99% of your career, you're going to lose more than 99% of your time. Yeah. And you're going to have to, you're going to have to just look for that 0.1% of the win that you want. And you can't look back and always look at, oh, I could have done better on this hole. What about that really good shot that you hit, you know, on number 17? I don't know. Or what about, um, I mean, it doesn't matter if you lose or win. However, that's what I'm trying to be more accepting towards golf. Just because I, I look at the results, like you said. Like, of course, I want to win. And people want to win. Not just one, not just two. They play to win. Nobody is out here not playing to win, right? <laughs> there are players, there are many players out here that haven't won. However, every week they show up trying to win. Now you can't, you can't let that dictate your career or dictate who you are every day because then you're just gonna live a really disappointed life. <laughs> if this is your career, you're gonna live a really disappointed life and an unhappy life, so. 
You don't think there's some players who are just happy to be part of the show? and Definitely there are, 100%. But I don't think you could be at this level, on this, especially with this game, being satisfied not winning. Like, they've all tasted what it tastes like to win. And it's that hunger that drives them to constantly play. Yeah, I, I can't speak for anyone else, but there probably are players that are out here that's just okay with being out here. But I don't know who. But you're not one of them. I'm definitely not one of them, no. I mean, I love being here. Yeah. Love it, but I don't play. I, I, need, I, I play every day to win. I practice every day so I could try to get a hardware. Not just to be out here. <laughs> that's, yeah, I can't, I can't say that for other people, but that's just how I am. I think most likely that's how people are. I would say. Don't you think? Who knows? I think I think you're right. But to get out here, it, it takes that burning desire. I, I think that some players, they get out here, it, it's a fun life, it's a comfortable life, and they, they see the, the absolute sacrifice it takes to get to that next level, and maybe they're not willing to make that sacrifice, and they're happy just kind of being part of the show. But um, I don't think you're going to last that long if that's your mentality. Yeah, no, no way. Especially, there's so many younger girls coming out now, and there's so much, like, everyone's getting stronger, faster, hitting it longer. I mean, I'm 24, and it's like I'm old for some reason. And I look at these kids, I go, okay, how old are you? And, like, they're 13, and they're, like, 5 foot 10, smashing it, like, 290. I go, what's happening right now? But, yeah, I'm not sure, but you just got to keep putting in the time and the effort and see where you go. But if People, I mean, I don't know. It's a very, it's not as easy of a life as it looks. It's not like. I can sense that just talking to you. It's a hard work, man. <laughs> it's a glamorous life, it's, but it takes hard work to live the glamorous life. And even if you are living the glamorous life, you still have to keep it up with more things coming at you. So it's a good juggle. It's hard to juggle things. But you have to find that balance of how to juggle. Right. Well, we wish you luck finding that balance. I think that's the key. Yeah, that is. Keep, keep looking at your finger. Hmm. Just be. I think. I think that's the, that's that's more important than you smooth off. Okay. This is Alan Shipnuck of the Knockdown, closing out another podcast. The next time you hear me on these airwaves, I may have a finger tattoo. You're gonna have to tune in to find out. Thanks again for listening. Bye bye. <laughs>